happened. This is the Kink Buffet Podcast. I am Manny. And I'm Wyo. And this episode actually came about because of, well, what just happened to us this morning? Uh, we we were at, uh, well, we already mentioned we're traveling around the country just goofing off and having fun. And in our adventures, we're uh, at Capitol Reef National Park. And out here in the middle of the desert, there's one river. I think it's the only river within 100 miles. Probably not true. But there's one river, and we heard rumor that there's a beautiful waterfall, uh, at least by tiny river desert standards, that we came out to see. And we got out here, and it was fenced off with barbed wire and no trespassing signs. And this house is guarded by Smith & Wesson. Well, not really, but <laughs> might, as, might as well have been. Um, but they, and they barricaded with logs and, and preventing us from walking the eight feet. And we're out in the middle of the desert. Um, the eight feet necessary to actually see the waterfall. Yeah, major bummer. Yeah. So while we're walking back to the car, we drew the parallel to how that's very similar to monogamy. Like, <laughs> once I'm attached to this person, I put a fence around them and nobody else can have access to them. Absolutely. And by the way, before anyone writes in about how there's liability issues and insurance and, and property rights, like that's not what this is about. I'm sure the people here that own the property are lovely and they're not trying to be spiteful or they're not like, I'm sure they're not trying to keep people from seeing the waterfall for no reason, but it just, it, it kind of reminded us of that a little bit. Yeah. Possession. Possession. So we started thinking about the, um, well, definitions and you know, there's there's a, an umbrella term that a lot of people use called ethical non-monogamy that tends to apply to anything outside the traditional relationship when it comes to sex or feelings as well, right? Mm -hmm. Emotions too. Emotions too. But then within there, there's subcategories and there's, there's polyamory and there's swinging and there's open relationships. And then within each of those definitions, there are hierarchies with veto power like with I mean there's so much there's it gets very confusing and it turns into labels and it turns into boxes that the minute you label you're kind of forced into mm -hmm. but without words it's hard to communicate <laughs> so those labels are a great tool for communicating it's just uh, I think you well we we like to avoid attaching them to ourselves Except when we're labeling our podcast because we want to be found in search engines. So they, they do serve a purpose. Right. So the, the first thing about those three different areas of non-monogamy is that definitions vary. Oh, definitely. I mean, culture to culture, uh, even person to person, mm -hmm. the, the actual specific Webster's definition doesn't necessarily carry the most weight if a group of people in a culture agree that it means something different, that's really what matters. But the next town over or the next, you know, the house next door, that, you know, the definitions can change. And so it's hard to define these things, but we're going to try with our definitions, which aren't correct because there is no correct definition. Is that right? Uh, I guess we'll, Leave that open to the listeners, and yeah. they can always comment if they yeah. have major disagreements with us. Or well, there's no doubt. The minute we define, try to define one thing as something, 
a third of the people that use that label are going to say, but that's not how we do things. Right. That for sure is the case because among other things, there's also a lot of overlap between the two. There's very few people will fit into just one or the other. I, I can't say very few, but many people have overlapping yeah, and relationships. Yeah, and the people that I know that are poly, it's, that tends to be the case, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, do you want me to start? Or... Sure. Okay, so the way I, I look at it is two of those are more sexual and one is about relationships. Although the sexual component is there. People say you can have poly relationships, but it's not sexual, but that's friendships. I mean, it, it really, sex really is the kind of, I, and even though you, the way you're looking at me, even like that's kind of like, well, you know, it doesn't have to be about sex, but when it's not about, when there's an, a sexual component, that is a friendship, even a very close, intimate friendship. Well, I agree, because even monogamous couples will have friends that they don't have in common. So that would make like... Those are relationships. Those are bonds. relationships outside of their union. Yeah. Um. So in a way, that's... They're all... Yeah, so the, uh, with these three definitions, they're all, there is some sexual component, even mm -hmm. though it doesn't mean sex every time. And the sexual aspect, it doesn't have to be any specific act, but there's some mm -hmm. component there. Mm -hmm. So the, the way I see it, the two of them are about the sex, which is the open relationships and the swinging. Mm -hmm. And polyamory is about when you add the emotional relationship component. Right. I'll keep saying this in general terms and when the open relationships and swinging the difference between those two which are the less emotional sexual component as a generalization has to do with proximity if your partner is there at the club in the room in the same bed that tends to be more of a swinging lifestyle right the open relationship tends to be more of you are playing a part. And I know some swingers will play a part when their partners are busy. Right. And some open relationships involve getting together in the same hotel room. Right. In the group like, dynamic, right? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But in a sense, you could say that the labels kind of change. I'm in an open relationship. We play with this other couple in our open relationship. Well, you're kind of, kind of swingers. Well, we don't want to be called that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, we won't call you that. But we'll think of you that way <laughs> because because <laughs> that's kind of that's kind of you what are. you're doing, You're right? And and what's interesting is it's really three different types of people and different types of relationships that find those matches. Mm -hmm. And in and in fact, it's really common that people in one group even go so far as to look down on people in other groups that they they're so open minded about their own group, but they could never do this other thing. Mm. there's plenty of swingers who oh my god we would never play a part we love each other like they're somehow superior to the couples that play a part or they have the swinging couple that would say oh my god we could never we could never be polyamorous i could never handle my husband loving the woman he's fucking mm. right? Right. <laughs> and then of course there's also people that will say well we're swingers but you guys do it differently we think it's awesome that you found your path you find both but there's such a separation between the groups that you have people within one group, you know, on the outside, you would think anybody ethically non-monogamous would all be kind of like the same types of people, but they're really not. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about each one of those separately. And this is just stream of consciousness. We're never going to prepare for this because that 
sounds a lot more like work than traveling around the country having fun. Well, yeah. So let's start with just open relationships. You've known people. You've like tell me, you've actually lived that way, right? Yeah, I um, I think that's how I started pretty early on, as I was not in the mindset of finding emotional attachments to people. Um, it's kind of a gray area because it's like mostly everybody that I played with from the time that I started being sexual was like a friend. So there were people that I enjoyed being around outside of playtime, but also did sexual things with. Um, but so I had relationships, but I didn't ever had like a primary that I had to, to report back to or, you know, anything like that. Um, but I just, I'd never really did the whole romantic side. I was a little shut down on that um, until later in my life. Yeah. And well, let, let, let's specific to us though. Like, what do you think about people in open relationships? I mean, what, what type of person do you think finds that works for them? I mean, I have some ideas, but I want to hear your thoughts. Like, what type of people would an open relationship maybe be an option for? Um, for an open relationship, I would think that they just want more outside experiences. They want variety. Um, people that look at their at their primary connection as the most valuable and they don't want to go outside of that emotionally but they still want the variety or the extra experiences and don't find that to be a threat to the emotional network yeah if if it's in a working relationship mm -hmm. yeah and i think you'll also find this is often more people that like you hear people say, you know what, I just, uh, I know I'm going to cheat on my partner or, or uh, you know, like cheating's part of our relationship, but, but we, we want to keep the marriage together, but he keeps cheating on me, which isn't necessarily the healthiest starting place. Right. But that does not mean it's not a successful place to work with, especially, I think a lot of open relationships are a, I hate the word solution because I don't think it makes things great. But when you have a couple that is that is decided they're staying together for the kids, forget to debate whether or not that's a good idea. That couple has decided the family unit and the kids are the, the most important thing. They're going to stay together. So how do we work within that? Right. And the, and the flip side of that is people who have taken control of the cheating dynamic and using it in a cuckold situation where it might be like a hot wife or a cuckweaning situation. Uh, that's definitely like one one partner plays completely alone or is only one, the other partner's only watching that kind of thing that's definitely the connection is more sexual sometimes it gets into emotional but that's a whole different level yeah um and that definitely could work in an open relationship situation where the one partner has the control over who is the other partner right well and then a lot of, of the open relationships also have a don't hear don't tell philosophy right which is when you know hey you're going out are you going to be home for dinner you know just you know don't don't come in too late and i don't want to know what you did that's all the old you know 
stupid cliche, I don't care where you eat lunch as long as you come home for dinner. And, you know, I, it doesn't mean that you can't have a healthy open relationship. You obviously can, but you also can see plenty of unhealthy open relationships. You've, you've, there's a lot of monogamous people that maybe they don't feel they can do better or that they have to tolerate that. They're not good enough for that they're to be the only person, which I know contradicts the idea of a poly way of thinking, but if you are a monogamous person, but you're in that because it's the lesser of two evils, the, the larger evil to you is being left, being broken up with, losing your financial support. It isn't always good. But there's plenty of people who just simply don't care if their partner, what they do after work. And, you know, like I said, a lot of times they just don't even want to know about it. Well, maybe it hurts less. Um, but I, in, the un, in the unhealthy ones, yeah. I mean, if the fact that they're doing it would hurt at all. Then it shouldn't be happening. It shouldn't be happening, period. Right. But there, And there's also people that literally just, like, they don't care. I'm not that sexual. My my partner is. Yeah. Or my partner's just a dog. He, oh, he's a great dad. I keep saying he, right? But he's a great dad. He's a He's a great provider. You know, he's my best friend. I'm just, I my libido, since my third kid, my libido's gone. Right. You know, I don't want to not have that. You also, people who travel, real common. Like, hey, when you're Absolutely. away, all bets are off. You know, and by the way, there's the flip side to that. There are plenty of people who do want to hear about it. They want to be in the know. I don't care who you're with, but I, but I, but tell me, be upfront about it. And that ranges from I just need to know to it turns me on to know and what happened. Yeah. And you sometimes get pictures or videos from what happened, you know. Right. So that's all healthy expression of it if it's done right. Yeah. And and all of that is in a healthy relationship has been negotiated and has been accepted that both people want to do this whatever they don't have to have a reasons that we or anyone else agrees with right you know i think it's terrible to stay together just for the kids but that doesn't mean i'm right that is a completely wrong answer for someone else and they're not wrong so how do we make this dynamic work and then of course there's people that just simply that's fun mm -hmm. i just like fucking other people once in a while it's mm -hmm. exciting to me i like the hunt i like the new energy but the one thing all these have in common is it's it's typically within an open relationship understood that there's not going to be emotional connections made. You're not going to fall in love with the woman you're seeing every other Tuesday or the man that you're seeing when you go out of town to Baltimore every month. Like right. that's it's a fuck buddy or friends with benefits. It's a friends with benefit and those that person is a a tool to meet the needs of your relationship or your personal needs. Okay. So that is open relationships. No right. judgment, no right or wrong, healthy or unhealthy. Both extremes, we've both seen both extremes. Many times. Many times. <laughs> okay, now, swinging, that's a whole different group of people. Mm -hmm. Well, actually, it's a whole different group of people, but it is a different group of people. And you've, well, we've both been involved in the swinging community. Yeah. So what is your experience with swingers? How, how do they differ from the poly people and the open relationship people? Swinging most often includes the group dynamic primarily. So there's people in the same room, 
and partner sharing in my experience. I've also been unicorn hunted, so that's definitely both people and me. Um, as far as the the dynamics play out, a lot of times there's a lot more rules. So as, with the interactions especially, like don't kiss or you can only kiss when I'm in the room, you know, lots of stuff like that, which uh, open relationships tend to be more like you're still single, so you would do whatever you want. Right. Or whatever feels good at that time. And there's no really, there's no boundaries except for what the individuals set. Right. And there's also like all of this, there's healthy and unhealthy. And mm -hmm. a lot of what is on the unhealthy side is almost like they have an open relationship, but they're not secure enough for the person to go elsewhere. So I just want to be there. I want to be part of it. I want to participate. We've both known lots of swingers where one of the, the people like clearly doesn't want to be doing this. But as long as they're always with their partner, they feel some sense of control over it because they get to be there, they get to monitor, but they're not necessarily happy. They're not doing it because it turns them on. And there are swingers who they just want the non-monogamy. They just want somebody else, but their way of getting somebody else is, oh, my wife and I swing, so I do get to to fuck this other person. And But it's okay because we're swingers. But really, it's a way, it's almost, and sometimes it's almost a way of cheating, but finding a loophole. Now, that's the unhealthy ones. The unhealthy ones. The unhealthy ones. On the flip side, there are, lots of swingers who are have great relationships healthy sex lives it's just exciting for them part of it could be that they are voyeuristic and like seeing their partner with other people or they're exhibitionist they like their partner seeing them mm -hmm. maybe they both get turned on by it but they find excitement in playing together right. and it's just it's it's an extension of their sex life I mean, some people have a, a vibrator and some people have <laughs> a dildo and some people have the, the couple down the street. Other people. The yeah. Other people. But they're really just sex toys for their relationship. It doesn't mean they don't like the people. It doesn't mean that if you see them at the swingers club twice a month for a year and sit in a hot tub half the night drinking that you don't genuinely become fond of the person. Mm -hmm. But it's not a relationship. Um, well, I take that back. Let me rephrase. It is a type of relationship, but it is not the type of relationship you have with your partner. It is not a triad. It is not a polycule, all the other labels, right? It's a, okay. it is a, it's about the sex. It's, yeah, definitely still about the sex and guarding the primary connection between the couple. Yeah. And most, most couples, swinging couples do protect that. Right. Uh, some of them do it with rules and boundaries mm -hmm. it's very common others protect it by simply trusting that their partner is not going to develop feelings for the other person mm -hmm. uh, now there's always a risk of that happening but there's a risk of that happening when your partner goes to work and sits next to someone 40 hours a week right. there's always a risk of that happening but you people can guard against that you can put up a wall against that if you trust your partner to put up a wall that's that 
for the most part, it's not going to happen. Most healthy monogamous relationships, a partner doesn't fall in love with somebody else, even if they get to know them extremely well at work or at hobby. So you, you can't do this. You're, you're trusting your partner to do that, or you do it with rules. The rules are annoying, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> there are the amount of... Usually the, when you're playing with another couple or playing with them, the, the, the rules that they have, you're not usually, uh, as an outsider, aware of them. But they can't kiss you or they can't touch you first before their partner or they have to make sure they dedicate an equal amount of time to their partner or when their partner leaves the room there's no touching there's it it it, it makes them it's challenging to navigate this and the, the trouble I think that people have with the with the rules is that as soon as you have those rules then there's a whole list of things that you can do wrong and someone gets hurt yeah, as far You're as setting consent, yourself up for failure. consent goes in the swinger community, it tends to be yes until no, where I found that in the kink scene, it's more no until yes. Uh, so like when you're going to do some kind of a BDSM scene with people, you, you automatically lay down, this is on the table, this is okay, use this implement and we're good. On the other side in the swinging environment it's more like more like when you were dating in high school and you're like can I touch you okay she didn't recoil so I'll, yeah. I'll go a little bit further you know and it's it's sometimes a fun dynamic to play with but I understand like yeah it's, you, you're kind of like on eggshells when is the no gonna happen you know yeah and well there's also the idea that that's where like passive aggressiveness can come in really easily. Somebody breaks a rule, but you're not going to, you're not going to, de they're, they're not going to derail the evening because, you know, he came back into the room and she was kissing the guy. Well, he doesn't want to, you know, it's early in the evening or and, girl or girl. Well, I just, I, I kept using the other guy's example <laughs> of doing yeah. this stuff wrong. So I, in this case, it's, she broke the rule, <laughs> but so he comes back in, but that's the elephant in the room. Like, you don't know this, but he's just waiting to get in the car and the drive home to say how that she disregarded his feelings and hurt him. And then all you know as an outsider is, I got this vibe that there's tension here, but I don't know what it is because they're smiling and being nice and joking, but you can tell there's just little comments and mm -hmm. it's just so awkward. And it's, <laughs> it's so difficult. And then, you know, you haven't done anything. You just want to have fun, but you know, something's wrong. Anyways, that's, that is, you know, but that's not always the case. You also have swingers who are either A, they follow the rules and they've, they've, they've learned to navigate this well, or they just don't have the rules. Hey, when we go out to a club, we, you know, we're free. And which, which is also kind of a rule, but it's a, it's a liberating rule. Right. But yeah, so these are couples. It's about the sex and people can debate whether or not swinging is kinky. We tend to think it's not very kinky. It's typically vanilla people with another vanilla person in their bed, right? But it is kinky in the sense it falls outside cultural norms and your kink is another body to touch. Right. Right. So mm -hmm. it is kind of kinky, but the downside is, is a lot of times it, it really is. I mean, a lot of swinging couples are doing this because their sex isn't so great. And well, when you have sex with one of those people, it, 
to sex might not be that great because there, there's nothing going on there. Um, except it's the idea of it's fresh and new. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so those are the people. And it's, you know, again, completely healthy and completely unhealthy and everywhere in between. Everywhere in between. Okay, now polyamory is, a again, a broad umbrella term. I mean, it specifically means many loves, but it doesn't mean love has to be part of it. And it doesn't mean there's not varieties. But Well, and all the different variations of what love can be. Correct. So how do you, what is polyamory to you? And that, which is, by the way, that is very much how our dynamic is. So how do you, what is that to you? Very much open completely to any version of what an emotional connection with a person could be up to and including sexual contact. So like I was first alluding to, my, my experience started with just being open as far as relationships that were up, like just totally friendly but I had sexual contact with people I was I was shut down to the emotional or romantic side of things for a while but later on I started to look for that kind of spark thing that hadn't happened that I read about in fairy tales and <laughs> wanted to experience mm-hmm. it took a long time to find it but I wasn't closed off to it so I started to transition my idea of what my relationship orientation was to polyamorous because I didn't exclude somebody who wanted romantic love right um and that to me was when I made that kind of transition from open to poly um so that's that's my definition of it is just being open to having any kind of relationship with new people and having multiple of them in your life not just one monogamous partner right yeah and and i i was looking at this like like i love multiple mm-hmm. partners and i love our kink dynamic with other people and i love all that I generally don't want to have sex with someone that I don't, like if I don't want to hear about their promotion at work, I probably don't want to have sex with them. (laughs) Like I want to know them more than just the partner. Mm -hmm. And not that there haven't been lots of times where you just, you know, it's something, it's just physical and it could be super fun. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. Nothing wrong with bringing home someone from a bar. It's not, I don't go to bars, but like there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with one night stands. There's nothing wrong with any of those things to me. Mm -hmm. But I don't want that now. I want to have a connection of some kind with the women I'm with. And it's going to look different because it's never going to be a monogamous relationship with them. It's never going to be, they're my main person. And I, I don't like labels, but I mean, you are my person. Whatever people call it primary, but then I hate that. It's like, it just puts you in a box. It's, it's not that, it's just that I am part of a we and, and want to be there with you. So these other people will never occupy that space, but they're not just holes. Mm-hmm. that's just not that doesn't do it for me you know part of it is the, some of the kink dynamic which is I it's just sex unless you know them well enough to understand the psychology enough to build this 
roller coaster that they get to go for a ride on because that's the psychology of kink and as a dom that's where I want to provide so I have to know them but I also want to know them I want to know them as people I want to be their friends and I want to be more and whatever label we put on that I mean there's people that would call themselves my partners mm-hmm. but they don't think of it as exclusive right and nor are they trying to so and part of that is I welcome I welcome any or all the, those women into our circle except for that spot right between us they're not allowed to separate us like that's that's the one area where they're they're not welcome in and they would be gone immediately but that's actually never happened we've never even had anybody remotely trying to undermine our relationship everybody's been been beautiful that we've met they really have i mean whether some of them haven't worked out but we haven't had a negative experience with anybody who's tried to harm us right because they like me or you more which is which is wonderful but all that like it doesn't exist in a swinging world where we're just fucking them right it doesn't mean anything so the thing about poly with within the poly community is oh my god the the layers and the differences to what this could mean I mean, a poly relationship could mean a third person living in the home that loves both people. It could be a third person living in the home that has a relationship with one person that's physical and not the other. It could be nobody living in the home and each person has multiple partners outside of their relationship that they have relationships with. And anywhere from zero to all or anywhere in between of them could have relationships with your partner as well. And there's so many different shades here that work for people, but that's like you can't give it a word. I mean, it, I mean, you do. You call it poly, mm-hmm. but there's so many different dynamics that work. I mean, we have a, a good friend in Southern Texas who, who her and her husband live with people that they're in relationships with. They have just a big house on a big piece of property, and each of their dynamics with the people in the house are different. They do not, they're not required to both have the same dynamic with the person. No different than if you had five roommates living in a house in college, you don't all go out to dinner together every single night. Right. There's, you know, not everybody stays in touch after college. It's all just completely open, but they got from everything I've seen an incredibly healthy. Yeah. It's beautiful. Happy situation. But it's not required that you live with the person. It's, it's even people have poly relationships where one person just is monogamous, but isn't threatened by the other partner having other partners because mm-hmm. it's just like having friends. Just the fact that they're physically intimate doesn't change your dynamic, you know, which kind of sounds like an open relationship and the open relationship, you're trusting the person not to have feelings where in the, the poly relationship, you're, That's you're, not off limits. It's not off limits, right. and it's also not required. You can be you can be completely polyamorous. A poly completely poly couple can go to a swingers club and pick up a unicorn and take her home and drop her off and not remember her name. Like like perfect, <laughs> perfectly acceptable. Or him. Or or him. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean. But it's not ruled out that if either both of the people, mm-hmm. um, all of it's agreed upon. I think at the highest level that the poly relationship has the potential of being the most fulfilling and satisfying, but it also runs the largest risks. It taxes the most jealousy, the most insecurity, 
and, and it takes the most work. It is so much work to keep the communication going, to make sure schedules are not conflicting so much that people don't feel like they're having enough connected time. It is it is a it is a big big commitment. It's not just like throwing all caution to the wind and letting everybody fuck whoever they want to and nobody cares. Except that it can be. There also is that. There's also I'm going to do whatever I want. I'm going to just be myself and mm-hmm. and you have to accept that and take take what I have to give or not. Like there are there are lots of poly relationships that have a hierarchy where you have veto power where one person gets to decide if they're comfortable with you seeing that person but then there's also poly relationships where they go it's not even polyamorous if if you have that it it is about both people being free not requiring anybody to give more of themselves than they're able to give and accepting what that person can give and if it's enough for you you have a relationship if it's a not they're just not someone you're in a relationship with well, and in my mind... Both work. Both can work. That's... The difference that makes it polyamorous is that you... Your your partners, all of them, should not be damaged by any of the other relationships. No. A hundred percent. The only rules that we have... And we don't like rules. So these even aren't rules, but this is the only the only thing we've ever like is just in stone with us is number one we always protect each other's hearts right we don't do anything that's going to hurt the other person the fact that we're not jealous and threatened by other people means that's that's not that difficult because i'm not but also including the hearts of the people that we're in we also oh we also a hundred percent protect the hearts of the people we're in relationships with it's it's our responsibility to them we do not put on the table this is who we are, and if and you're gonna have to accept it. And if it hurts you, you Too knew you knew what you were getting into. Mm-hmm. Like that's bullshit. That's basically a way of like if you take that that case to a jury of your peers in a courtroom, the courtroom says that you're innocent because technically you violated no rules because you told. But, but that's bullshit. Not to care about other people's feelings, you know. Right. Like let's put it this way: someone that that felt that way would not be invited into our circle. Exactly. You know, I'm not responsible for someone else's feelings. Like, like what a cop-out that is. It's like, no, you... A person is responsible for their own feelings, but you're also responsible to not harm the person. So, um, so that's one of our the rules. And the other one is that we always protect our connection. So, that's not a hierarchy. That's not anything like that. But is somebody a threat to our relationship, then that person is out. So we start with, this is something that is worth protecting, that no one else can step between. And, you know, there's plenty of wonderful people out there. <laughs> like, we don't need those people in our lives. Right. But, yeah, so here, I'll back up to the, the idea of protecting someone else's heart. Both of us have actually turned down relationships with people that we liked and were attracted to because we knew that that person was not... Like, they were going to get hurt. There's just no question. And we've kept friendships with those people because we do value them and like them. And, we've, and one of them we've come, become very close with. But there's no way that she wasn't getting hurt. And the minute we introduced sex, we weren't going to be hurt by this. We would have had a blast. She's getting hurt. And so we have a responsibility 
to the people in our world to protect them as well. It's not that hard to do. We just didn't have sex with her. And it didn't damage your relationship? No, we, no she's, I, I love her to death. She's one of my favorite people in the world. Yeah, me too. We both do. And, and she's going to be in our, she wouldn't be in our world right now had we, had we crossed that line with her. She would, right this minute, she wouldn't be in our world. We would have, we would have lost her and hurt her. Um, for sex, well. It's not worth hurting people for an orgasm. No, that's insane. So, yeah, that's our definitions. So then, you want to clearly define where we are as far as yeah. So we okay specific. Would love I think to. we've kind of spattered it throughout, but we're not just like specifically where we are. So if it wasn't for our DS dominant submission master slave relationship, we would be just a polyamorous relationship with no hierarchy and no veto power, and we're both free. Right. We, if we took that out of the equation, we both live our lives and we share our we share our life and we're also free. So that's the core of this. And when we started our relationship, we were both on that page. That's who we are. That was not up for negotiation. But we added the DS component. Mm-hmm. The, and again, we'll have to go into this at, in a future date. Like, well, I'm sure we will many times. But I do have veto power over your relationships. This is something that you want me to have. Yes. Okay. So this is not a, it is not a controlling thing. It's not a jealousy thing. It's not an insecurity thing. It is the, the power exchange dynamic of our relationship that you wanted me to have control over. And the reason why, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this, but I'm going to say it in the form of a question because if this is not explained correctly, then you can say that's not what it is. But the idea is that you value my judgment and trust me to make sure that our relationship works because we are the most important thing and that we're going to stay together and be healthy and happy. And therefore, it does not matter what that thing is. If it is not good for our relationship, I can stop it. So the fact that it happens to fall into this area as well, somebody that you want to see, and I say that's bad for us, well, that is no different than anything else that that's bad for us. Therefore, you have given me the power to just pull the plug on that and say that's not going to happen. As my dom, yes. As your dom. But it is not because it's sex. It's because it's anything or because you get jealous, or because no. you feel possessive, or... Abs- absolutely, yeah, 100%, nothing can be farther from the truth. I'll even go a little a little further on this. Is that many doms do not allow their subs to play with other men. Or if they do... Or if they do, it's going to be only other, only submissive men, which would turn you on zero... Or that or, or vanilla men, but they would never let you play with another dom. That's the threat. Uh, but it's very common. That's the case. Mm-hmm. I have, I can't even wrap my head around that. I don't. Why would I have a problem with you playing with? I mean, if you're going to play with another man, I, I want it to be the one who's going to give you the best experience. If you go out for the evening, 
I want you to come back and say, I had a great time, not I had a good time. Mm -hmm. And you won't have a great time with a submissive man. Or I might, but that's not well, always going to be the case. That, that's, that... No, that, that's true. Yeah, there's, there are, there's other factors. But, mm -hmm. but yeah, so I, I am not threatened at all by this. Where I have the power in this relationship is if I was to see some person that I felt would be harmful to you or harmful to us, did I simply get to stop that from happening? Mm -hmm. Which in a non-DS relationship could be no different than saying, I trust your judgment. If you don't like him, I won't see him. Because we have two people that can pick up red flags and it's a lot of times it's hard for the person, especially if they're sexually attracted to somebody, it's harder to see those red flags when you want to fuck somebody. It just is. Yeah, when you got your goo goo glasses on. Yeah, and or you may or you are willing to accept those things because I won't let those things bother me because I want this other thing. That like it's really easy to do that. So having an objective third party do that. But because of the DS dynamic, it's not a question of me suggesting that you don't see them. I I, I will just say no. Right. However, um, on the other side, on my side of the stash, <laughs> you don't have, you can't tell me no. That is not something that is part of this dynamic. But to clarify, it is not because I'm the man, it's not because I'm smarter than you, it's because within our dynamic, you do not want to have that control. That is exhausting. It is taxing. You've given up control because that is a part of your happiness that you, you gain the happiness by not having control. You like to let go. Yes. So. And it's an extension of my trust for you. Yes. And the trust for me. Now, having said that, this is the irony of all this, is that I very much would encourage you to give me your opinions about somebody. And I... I can tell you flat out, I would never, if you said, I don't get a good feeling about her, I don't trust her, I would never be with her. Like, it's not it's not a question of, well, I will take it into consideration and I'll use my judgment. If she has a nice ass, I'm going to do it anyways. I just wouldn't. I'm allowed to, but to me that would be disrespectful. It would be not trusting your judgment because you have the same ability I do to pick up those red flags that I might not see. And in fact, that even happened once, right? When, when I met the woman who, who uh, I started talking to and she was also uh, submissive in this, in the BDSM community and she was attractive and, and she was nice. And I was talking to her online and this is pre COVID. I was going to like, well, I, well, we would have gotten together with her. It would have been both of us, but either way it was, I was pursuing something with her and you recognized her when I, when I introduced you. You recognized mm -hmm. her and you, not from a point of jealousy or insecurity or anything weird, possessiveness, but she had told me that she was in a polyamorous relationship and you knew because you knew her that her husband was unaware of what she was doing. Right. Which immediately, whether or not, well, first off, I happen to agree with you, but even if I hadn't agreed with you, to you, you're starting off at a place of dishonesty you're, you will be cancer to our relationship. You cannot have that a person who's dishonest in, in our dynamic. It doesn't work in our world. Mm -hmm. So you said to me, you know, she's not polyamorous. I'm, you know, 
she's she's a by the way you told me she's a very nice person she's really nice fun to be around she's sexual but she's dishonest and and she's she wouldn't be good for us and i said oh and i picked up my phone and i said hey i don't think this is gonna work that was it it was over Mm -hmm. yeah so it never occurred to me and you know by the way she was attractive Mm -hmm. (laughs) she's pretty she is but i'm like nope not gonna happen so the end result is we both have a, a, an objective set of eyes that the other person trusts. So in our power dynamic, it comes across differently, but the result's the same. Well, I don't even think I said she wouldn't be good for us because that's not up to me. But I said, you know, like, I wouldn't want to be in a relationship more than play with someone like that isn't fully transparent with their other partners okay yeah that's that's right that's right you said you were okay with playing but i'm not okay with just having a play partner if there's no relationship there Mm -hmm. so you're right so it was my call to rule her out because it it was not going to work for the relationship because we're starting off at a place of dishonesty we're not having a relationship with her right so yeah so our dynamic presents itself in a way that would appear to be some kind of hierarchy or some kind of but it's not that. At the end of the day, you're on your phone and you're meeting people and I don't pay attention to it. And you're talking to them and get to know them. And, and if you develop feelings for them, I don't have a say in that or nor, nor do I want to. You know, bring me in at some point because I want to get to know them. But even that's not a rule. We don't have a rule that says you have to get the other partner's approval. Mm-hmm. But we just would because we're a we. I mean, that's just we're right. we are a couple. Well, and our travel dynamic kind of dictates that a little bit just because we're always around each other. <laughs> it's not like we have broad time spaces where we can just have complete separation yeah. unless it's planned. Yeah. So. And and even like to the point I tell the person every time that we don't have rules. You, you know, you are very much allowed to talk to me personally just me you're you you can talk to her but if you're sending a funny meme well yeah of course send it to both of us we'll, we'll we both want to see it but you are not required to talk to us as a unit right it is what it and and the relationship will unfold exactly how it was supposed to be so eventually if you say hey she's a real nice person i'm just not really feeling chemistry with her well then it, I, I probably will pair off a little bit with her Nothing, no, no rules against it. Right. As long as you're not picking up red flags. Mm-hmm. With men, it would be a little bit different because I'm not, I'm not into men. So we've never created a group chat with one of the men that you've gotten to know or your partners. Although I have some of them in my contact list because I've become friends with them independently, but it is a friendship. Mm-hmm. If the three of us play together, we're there to please you we're we're not there's no dynamic there so there's not really a reason for a group chat with the three of us and i don't require it as some way of controlling or monitoring right so the group chat is just more of a matter of convenience in a specific dynamic so that's kind of where our dynamic is so we do have the power exchange and the dynamic but really it's a very much a freedom to pursue love and relationships organically if it involves all three of us great if it doesn't great mm-hmm. no there's no rules nope. was that summed up pretty good
I think so. I think so. Or, or we made it confusing. <laughs> <laughs> Either way. So, so anyways, those are our loosely based definitions of the three general categories of non-monogamy and specifics on what works for us. I, I think the key to all this is that all of them can be incredibly healthy. All of them can be incredibly unhealthy. All of them have challenges. All of them can be rewarding. There's, and they're all flavors of the kink buffet. They are. Ooh, I'm going to end it on that. That's, that, was, <laughs> <laughs> that was too perfect. Uh, thanks, guys. We'll talk to you next time.